He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel. It's a podcast where you interview a different Facebook friend every episode. Social media at Awkward with Evan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. So check us out there. We are starting to post a lot more clips of current and older episodes. AwkwardWithEvan.com for all old audio, as well as going on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, etc. So this week... I am interviewing uh, a friend, a money person. I have not ever, I think, interviewed a Facebook friend where mainly we're talking about finances, but uh, Sarah Nicole Nadler, basically self-made. Um, she always had a, a thing for, for running her own projects, and she gets into, like, when she was younger, how she got into the field of, of kind of, like, being her own startup. But now, I mean, if you go to her website, and I mentioned it during... Uh, the episode, I mean, she's created uh, her own businesses, her own courses. She had, she's a money coach for entrepreneurs. She's turned, uh, she's bought a farm in Kansas and she's converting it into an affordable wedding venue. So she's doing a lot of different things. And uh, I definitely asked her a lot of money questions and I even snuck in some uh, author advice. If you're writing a, a nonfiction instructional book. I think that's how she put it. She goes into uh, the eight steps, whether she made them up or she got them from somewhere else, of what is needed if you're writing a book. So um, Renaissance woman right here. Uh, Check out my talk now with Sarah Nicole Nadler. I wanted to to do uh, some work for the, for the greater good here uh, and bring in someone who, you know, changed careers recently and is now a money coach for entrepreneurs, which is pretty phenomenal. Uh, Sarah Nicole Nadler. Is that how I say it? Yeah, you got oh, it. Gosh. All in that's one. A, that's the true sign of a great host. Um, cool. So where, where, where are you now? Like, I know you, well, I guess roll us back. So you... You're like, I want, I'm doing a new career and I want to get into coaching. Why, why, why the money coach stuff? Like, how did you figure all this out? Because if you guys, I'm going to chicker this right now. SarahNicoleNadler.com, a money coach for entrepreneurs. Like, when did this start? So it's funny, the, the real motivation behind it started years ago. So I'll tell you the the brief version of a really cool story. So I was 14 years old, you know, I decided, hey, I lived in the middle of nowhere, Evan, okay? I lived okay. in Golden, Colorado. It was a 30-minute drive to the nearest gas station, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew like, hey, I was going into high school. I knew if I ever wanted to be cool and be able to hang out with my friends on the weekend, I was going to have to own a car. So I was forward <laughs> thinking, I was 14 years old. I went to my parents and said, hey, mom, I want to make some extra cash so I can earn my own car when I turn 16, right? And she goes, yeah, well, why don't you clean the house? I just looked at her a little side eye, right? I was like, come on, like, how am I going to make enough money to buy a car cleaning our home, right? So I got clever about this. I called my dad. Now, my parents are divorced. 
My mom was a nine to fiver. My dad was a business owner. So that's an integral part of my story. Okay. I had, if you ever read the book, uh, rich dad, poor dad, I had rich dad, poor mom. Okay. So here was my dad was the business owner and he said, Hey, why don't you start a business cleaning houses for all of your neighbors and your parents, friends, Mm -hmm. right? Your mom's friends. So I did that. So I've fast forward like a couple of years. I had saved up enough money and spent a lot of money. I was making more than any of my friends and I bought my first car and it was great. Right. Yeah. Then fast forward about a year later, I was 17. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was working all weekend, like cleaning houses for people. And it's starting to get a little bit tiresome. Right? right. So again, I call my dad and he says, well, you know, you don't have to do all the work yourself. Why don't mm. you hire somebody to do the cleaning? Okay. So then I got really clever. I went to all my high school friends. I was like, Hey, who wants to clean houses with me? (laughs) And I hired some of my, uh, my high school buddies. They cleaned the houses for me. I did the marketing and the sales. Cause by now I had like four years of business experience selling these jobs, right. Finding new customers. So they were doing the cleaning. I was, you know, just marketing and sales and it was part-time and it got me through high school and it was great. Right. I had a book obsession. So most of that money went to like fantasy novels. (laughs) Okay. And then when I was 18, my sister was diagnosed with cancer. This is where we get to the dark part of the story, right? Like over the next months, my 10 year old sister passed away. My parents, my mom and my stepdad divorced. So I went through the second divorce I'd been through of parents in one lifetime. Um, And then my boyfriend cheated on me in the same six months. Then my dog died. So I was like completely devastated. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember the moment when my parents came to me and they were like, Hey, your sister has cancer. The very first thought I had, Evan, was I need to not be a burden to my parents right now. Like I was 18. I had just turned 18 two weeks before. I was like, it's time for me to start adulting. So I went and I tried to get a job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. And I couldn't find a job for more than minimum wage, right? I had just barely graduated high school, no work experience, had never been taught anything about money, had never been taught anything about, right? Like any of this stuff. I didn't know how to buy a car. I didn't know about how to buy a house. My parents had always done those things for me. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to get a job and I couldn't find one. So I, again, I called my dad and he's like, well, why don't you take the business you already have and just build it up. So over the next six months, as my mom and my stepdad were divorcing, my sister was on hospice care. My boyfriend was cheated on me. (laughs) Like I was building a five figure business and it took me six months to get up to the point where I could actually support not only myself, but my family. I was helping my parents financially. So that was my first experience in business. Um, I've built and sold two businesses since then. And so in 2018, I was like, hey, you know what? I've learned a lot about money over the years. A lot of the business owners I speak to, they're broke all the time. They're making like seven figures and they're spending eight, right? Wow, okay. (laughs) They they don't know how to budget. They don't know how to do a lot of the things that I've kind of, through the school of hard knocks, had to learn about money. And so I decided to go back to school and get my license and become a licensed financial advisor. But I've, I've structured my business as a money coach for entrepreneurs. Okay. And then I know you've created various courses along the way. Like, like what's your structure right now? Cause right now I know you've said, I have like a few, like I have passive flows of income. I think everyone would want more passive income. You have courses um, and you have a nice ranch. Um, wh- how, how did this all kind of fall into place for you? 
So back in 2018, I really made a big shift. Up until that point, I had not worked in years. Okay, I was a volunteer. I was working for a nonprofit organization for 10 years. After the sale of my first business, I just I didn't need to work. I was living off my savings, you know, and I just living very cheaply. And in 2018, I decided, you know, my husband and I had met. I was like, you know what? I'd really like to have a family and start a new life. And so we moved up to Oregon, and that was when I built my second business. And at that time, I had this dream of like, you know, I've learned a lot of things, like I said, about money, about business. I'd really like to actually coach others, but it's a process, right? Like you have to learn how to coach. You can't, there's right. a lot of people online who will tell you, you can just start a business tomorrow and become a coach. But, but mm-hmm. I personally believe in not selling anything if I don't believe I can actually honestly help that person. Right. So I had to learn how to become a coach. And so over the years, I was, you know, since 2018 to now, I have taken... I don't know, probably close to a hundred thousand dollars worth of courses, classes, yeah. you know, continuing. So you education. took them yourself to like to pump you up to like yeah, yeah to okay, teach okay. me how to coach. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of got that was my start. Um, I was very lucky. I found a uh, corporate firm in Oregon who has oh, wow. they've been around since like the seventies, and they're okay. a management consulting firm. Mm-hmm. And with no prior experience and no degree, they hired me. <laughs> And let me coach their clients. (laughs) So I was very lucky to be given the opportunity. They took great care of me as an employee, but, you know, I wasn't born to be an employee. So I eventually moved off on my own, but that's kind of how it all started. And then, so the first course I ever created was um, the Client Attraction Accelerator. And it basically addresses the number one problem most business owners have, which is I need more clients. I don't have enough clients, Right. right? Right. Um, and in that program, it's an online course. Um, it's got six modules and it also comes with uh, group coaching where we go over things like, you know, how to overcome objections, how to actually use social media to sell. There's no paid right. advertising in the program. So it's all about organic marketing. Okay. And that was the first course I created. Wow. And mm-hmm. then I'm seeing like there's other stuff like um, at the risk of sharing, you know, I know we're doing a, a, a mobile format here. I wanted to try to share your website. So yeah, this, I know we're I know we're only seeing it. I could try to oh, I can't flip it into the other mode. Yeah, this is like a cross section of the website, but you have like training, podcasts, interviews, and then I saw the most recent thing you did, which was wed- wedding budget planner. So you've run into people like they're all excited to get married, but then they're broke after they get married. Like that yeah. they just they just what what were they thinking going into that? Like I mean, I was fortunate you know, we, I come from, you know, upper middle class uh, area of the country where the wedding, the parents kind of hooked us up, but like, what are, what are people like, do they not have the foresight or they just like, they're going to go for it and hope they make it back in gift money. Like how, how does that sounds like a a minor epidemic? It is. It absolutely is quite epidemical. If that's a word, it's seriously like, I have found multiple couples who've come to me in pretty desperate straits. Um, They're deeply, deeply in debt. One of them had already filed for bankruptcy before they met me. Right. Um, And a lot of that came from the fact that they had, like you said, a a bit of it was a lack of foresight. A a lot of it, I think, honestly, Evan, is Mm -hmm. this whole like keeping up with the Joneses, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're trying desperately to be seen as having more wealth than they actually have mm-hmm. um, because their family are hating on them or friends are shaming them for not having this perfect wedding. 
Right. Um, or they somehow think that that perfect wedding is going to launch a perfect relationship, which mm-hmm. you and I both know marriage is hard work, <laughs> right? Right, right? And having a great wedding doesn't mean you're going to have a great relationship, but that's kind of sold to them. So right. I put this budget planning workbook. Oh, nice. consultation here. Yep. Yeah, right. it comes with a free consultation. It's also a, it's a downloadable PDF guide to how to plan for a wedding within your means and still mm-hmm. make it look fancy look Great. expensive um i told I you just i want to see if your video your video paused for a second let me oh, did it if, yeah oh, interesting. I, I, i'm not obviously you're all you're all black let me try to try to leave and come back or let's see leave and then let you back in does that work no um, i'm trying let's see what happens okay let me i'm gonna leave and come back here i go yes so that's right so she does free wedding budget planning well, and there's a course on that. And let me see. Let me bring her back. And she's still black. Oh, oh no. <laughs> this is horrible. It's so odd. Uh, let me see what's going on here. No, no. You're all black. This is very strange. You know what? Let me, let me end this recording and try to get a new one. Okay. And maybe I'll put them all together. Let's do that. So that is why we are recording things uh, and then playing it, not doing it live. But this is also a good opportunity as I straightened out Sarah's sound issues uh, to go to patreon.com slash funnyevan to support the podcast on a monthly basis for a little as a dollar a month. Uh, all kinds of reward tiers available there. But if you'd rather just have some uh, socially awkward swag, um, you can go to the spring link in the show notes where uh, you have a bunch of awkward shirts. And we're going to keep on adding some awkward shirts. I have a new uh, slew of shirts I need to put up there. Um, But it's fun. So $5 off with the code AWKWARD. And, uh, of course, you can always uh, rate, subscribe, and share the podcast. But let's get back to my talk with the newly rehabbed sound setup of Sarah Nicole Nadler. Okay, so what you were saying is I don't even know what you were saying. I was looking at your black screen. What what were you saying when when they got when they realized that they got married and then the aftermath? Yeah. So like I said before, I've built and sold two businesses. The second business I built was a wedding planning business. And while I was doing this, I kept finding that couples would spend like astronomical amounts. I don't know if you know, but in the United States alone, it's like the average wedding is like $20,000 or something like that for a single day. Right. And there's tons of garbage going on in the industry where, you know, venues will charge one price if it's a birthday, but a completely different price if it's a wedding and it's like astronomically more expensive. Mm -hmm. So I decided I really didn't want to be a part of this very unethical activity. So I ended up moving out here to Kansas City, buying a 16 acre farm and renovating it as a wedding venue so that I could offer very affordable wedding services to couples. So we rent out our farm, we rent out our Airbnb as a space at a very affordable rate. And I created this workbook Mm -hmm. to help couples decide like at my price range, what kind of wedding can I afford? And using my background in wedding planning, I actually helped them create a wedding that is within their budget, but looks expensive, looks very tasteful. It doesn't look like it came out of the, you know, the dollar store, but it probably did. (laughs) (laughs) So you, so are you living in Oregon and Kansas City? or is it your Oregon now, but the ranch is in Kansas city? 
we sold our Oregon uh, home and okay. I sold my business from okay. Oregon and moved first to Florida and now to Kansas City. We like to travel. During okay. COVID, we actually became digital nomads and we lived in like five different states in a single year just oh, nice. to try it. <laughs> nice. So you like just live out of like a big van? Or yeah, we lived out of vans, we lived out of hotels. I nice. mean, we weren't living on the cheap necessarily, but no, it was certainly no. fun. We did a lot of travel. Oh, cool, cool. Um, so good. So you provide that service for them. So like, but if someone was like, say they just got engaged and they're like, uh, we're gonna have to do this ourselves. Um, you would recommend besides renting your ranch in Kansas City, like they there's various hacks you provide for them. Yeah, regardless of where you're located, the PDF guide will help you. It's simply meant to help you decide, like, what can we afford and to look long term at your budget instead of thinking of what could I possibly splurge on that one day? Instead, set goals for your lifetime. Like, do we want to own a home? Do we want to have a family? Do we want to build wealth, build businesses, build passive income? And then from there, okay, how much are we willing to spend on this one day? So it kind of puts things in perspective. And then once we've made that determination, I should show them how to actually plan a wedding that looks like you've kept up with the Joneses yes. <laughs> on the budget that you decided. Okay, cool. And then I wanted to go back to one thing because you were saying like you have millionaires that are like seven figures, but they're spending like eight figures. Like how, how does, does that become like a practice? Like usually I think people think like, man, like say I'm making 50,000 a year. And man, when I make 75, that's going to be it. I'm going to be set. Or it's like, oh, I'm making 100 a year. Uh, when I get to 125, man, I'll be, I'll be set and all good. But like, how is, is it like, a, what, what are people realizing that the more money they make, it ends up that they're spending still more than, than that? Oh man, this is talk about socially awkward as a topic. This is one of the toughest things to get people to open up about. I'm going to be completely transparent with you, Evan. I was one of those people. So again, I was too. I spent way more. Like, and I was like, you know, I was I was very very credit card happy. And while I always paid my cards, I didn't like having them. And I'm, you know, I have I basically my my card situation is like like one or ten two percent of what it used to be. So, nice. but still, you know, still like, you know, my income went up the last several years and, you know, I'm still like, uh, I still would want, you know, more, another, another 20 G's, raise it another 20 G's or another 20, but yeah. yeah what, so what's, yeah. What, what are you found out when people are willing to, to talk to you about that? So what I have found is, first of all, sharing my own story with them is very beneficial because at one point I got myself into $20,000 worth of credit card debt that my husband didn't know about. (laughs) And I had to come and fess up to him and tell him. And then it was funny because at that point is where he taught me the budgeting system that he had developed for himself that he had never shared anyone with before. And I was like, my jaw was on the floor. And I actually created an online course where we just teach that budgeting system it works for individuals. It works for households, like family budgeting. It also works for businesses. So that's been really valuable for us. That's what we teach people now. But I can tell you right now, like most people, they come to me and it doesn't matter how much money you make if you have a spending problem. And it doesn't matter how much money you make if you don't have a system to budget because everybody 
has a tendency to spend more than they make if they aren't tracking it, right? It's like that definition of confront is to face something without flinching. (laughs) If you can't face your money without flinching, you're you're liable to spend more than you make. And especially for business owners, because we have this tendency to want to constantly invest in the next new cool software, Mm -hmm. invest in more marketing, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of expenditures that come with a business. And if you're not keeping track of them, you can very quickly operate your business in the red. Yeah, I just, um, I think like, well, the way I do it is like, I set it up where I know the month ahead. And I obviously know what I'm, I'm, I kind of, I always make it like a a game of catch up, but sometimes you catch up so much that you're like, so far ahead by the end of the month, which is a good thing. And then you're like, what do I do with that? But at the same time, like, you know, I had like, a lot of like, my, my budget for the month free up. Where I'm like, oh, good, I'm going to have all this extra money now freed up. And it turned out that it didn't feel like a lot of it was as available as I thought it was going to be. Like totally. or other things like like the vacuum was filled. So, you know, I guess do I do you recommend people just like put the things you were intending to to have or to get that for that time period in your budget or just catch up to the basics first and then go from there? It's such a good question. And there's a lot of books out there that will tell you one way or the other way. There's a great book called Profit First, especially for entrepreneurs and business owners, where it talks about like, pay yourself first as a business owner and then invest into bills and things like that for the business. There's people who have the opposite belief where it's like, I need to pay the people who I owe first. And then anything that's left is mine. Right. Right. Um, The way I do it and the way Ben and I have taught it for years now is we have what we call an allocation system. So in the allocation system, what happens is you plan ahead and you also look backwards. Okay. So we're looking in the future and we're going, okay, what bills are coming up? Mm -hmm. And we, every time money comes in, we're setting aside a certain amount towards each of those bills, but we also treat savings as a bill instead of treating it as this nice to have, we go, Hey, I have to have a new car 10 years from now. So I'm going to allocate money towards that as though right. I'm paying already. So that takes, di- so it takes discipline because obviously it's very tempting to be like, uh, not this month or <laughs> like, for, yeah, for example, like my, my May is way busier than, than my June. My June is going to be lighter. And it's like, uh, this expense, I'm going to not pay what I intend. I'm just going to pay this much. So I, and it, but if you keep doing that, I guess you're never going to get there. Like, or you, when you, when you do get there, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the, the, the curse of like, say like, getting like a 0% card is like, yes, I'll, I'll use it now. Cause I know things will be better 15 months, but like when 15 months show up, you know, it's like, ah, I'm not, but uh, interest time. So I just, you know, it, it's good to like just have someone like you on that to kind of let people know, you know, you have to, if what you intend is something you intend, you should, you need it to go on your plan so that, so that that it's there. It's interesting. You mentioned self-discipline because in my experience, using the system we use self-discipline doesn't really play so much a part of it as, um, as what I call self-love. Like there's self-discipline, there's self-love. Self-discipline is like, I have to force myself to do this thing. The way I do it is I take a client and I say, hey, look, I want you to treat your business as someone besides you because legally it is a separate entity, right? Right. So would you fail to pay your wife 
if you had promised her that money? <laughs> would you fail to pay your best friend if you had promised her, him you would pay that money? So why are we okay to do it to ourselves when we wouldn't do it to someone we loved? That must mean we aren't loving ourselves, right? So like increase your affinity for yourself to the point where you're willing to treat yourself the same way you would treat someone else you loved or expect them to treat you. And so it's a little bit of that money mindset where you flip the script on the way someone's thinking about something and it actually takes away this concept of like, I have to have self-discipline because I'll be honest with you, Evan, I suck at self-discipline, especially <laughs> when it comes to money. If I have extra money, I want to spend it. So I make sure that it, I don't treat it or believe it to be extra money. Right. I don't like it's think it's part of the, it's just part of what you're expecting. Even right. if it's not, even if it's not lined up, like you find, do you find that if you like, I'm going to have that money for that month, if you intend that, even if it's not, you don't know where it's going to come from, more often than not, it'll show up? Yeah, I do believe that there is a bit of a spiritual aspect to it where, right, intention yeah. is what causes right. something to occur. But right. I also ask, I challenge my clients constantly with this one question, right? Like yeah, yeah. if there is some outcome that feels outside of your control, ask mm -hmm. yourself, what skill would put this outcome under my control. Right. So for example, as a business owner, if you're like, well, I don't have it lined up, I would challenge that that business owner who doesn't have it lined up either does it, lacks the skill of marketing or lacks the skill of sales. There's no other skill that could possibly be required. And mm -hmm. that's what I've built my the client attraction accelerator around is this concept that you have this gradient scale right inside right, everyone right, of right. cause versus effect. And when right. we have an attitude of effect, like, well, I don't know where the money's going to come from. Right. That means that there is a skill missing. Right. And right. so the more we learn marketing, the more we learn sales it puts us at cause and to the point where we go, I need to make this amount of money. And we go out and we close that amount of money, right? Because we've mastered that skill. So you apply that skill and the skill is in your course that, that you're going through. That's what, right. Which, and the, so it's the client attraction. Let me see where I'm looking on your site right now. I know you've got it's is the it, client okay, attraction okay. accelerator. If you go to uh, work with Sarah, you'll see it. Oh, there it is. Work with, so I got work with Sarah and what do we have here. You had shorter hair. Okay, what else? Uh, pass, passive income pathway. That's different. Is that different? Yeah, but then it is different. Testimonials. Yeah, passive income pathway. Um, you had a couple of different courses on there. I think if you click on the learn more button, you would see all about it. But like I said, I have the client attraction accelerator. I have the financial grip system, which is that that budgeting course I mentioned, our latest program is the passive income pathway. So that one's kind of highlighted the most right now on our website. Right. right. That's for business owners who, or, you know, any entrepreneur who has extra cash each month and is going, Hey, I want to put this to work for me. I'm tired of working for my money. I want my money to work for me. Right. And so that's what that course is all about. Oh, so it's like, and you got like these six month courses also fancy. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is fancy. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. Awesome. So you, so you know a lot of stuff. Good. Charge your worth. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. Um, yes, yes, definitely. If you where where does your extra money go? Where do you, where would you spend it if you had the extra like oh no an extra extra thousand this this month extra ten thousand where 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 would you put it personally? You think? So I do regularly have extra cash each month. Um, nice. 
places I'm putting it right now, I have a mutual fund that I invest in. Okay. I also have a real estate property that I invest in. Oh, wow. um, and then recently, a lot of my extra cash has been going to renovating our farm and turning the, the farmhouse into an Airbnb, which we're wrapping up this month. We're actually going to get it on the market this month. So, so that's, that's the same land as the wedding venue? Yeah, and, same and property, it, just one of the buildings. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's multiple buildings on the ranch. Yeah, want to be there are Airbnb. six uh, buildings on the on the property. In Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. Oh, you got to hit up the Chiefs. The Chiefs will probably send their oh, players yeah. there for a retreat. We had a great time during football season this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, cool, cool. Uh, I'm trying to see what, I don't know. I don't know. This is our only like, extended conversation we've ever had. Do you have any questions for me? Because we've never we've never really spoken at length. Yeah, I would love to hear more about. I mean, the things I know about you, Evan, are you're hilarious, uh -huh. and <laughs> you you do have dabble in politics, and that's about all I know. So tell oh, me, what have you been working on lately? Well, that, that, that's it. Um, no, oh, okay. I, I ran. Awesome. No, I ran uh, for. State Senate in 2020. Um, and while I still follow it, um, I, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I mean, I was very, it was extremely, there was no, probably one of the most rewarding things I ever did was run for office. Mm -hmm. But the idea of like, do I really want my day to day to be, you know, in Sacramento or even in Washington or anything like yeah. that? So that that's kind of what I, I was kind of looking at. Uh, yeah. But the, yeah, the funny stuff is good because I, yeah, I'm looking at ways, I'm always looking at ways to like, yes, I tutor a lot of kids. That's another thing I do. And I cool. do the comedy still. And, I, and I'm always like finding more ways to refine how I outreach to those places. Um, because, you know, if you nag people enough, either they, they say yes or they unsubscribe. So you got to, <laughs> well, there's, yeah. there's a balance. Um, but that that's pretty much what it is. And then like, you know, with this podcast and adjusting to the, to how technology is taking it, I have now new ways to get this podcast out. I wouldn't, you oh. never would have seen me on TikTok, And really? this, now this, because of the podcast is my excuse for being on TikTok. That's um, awesome. So, I personally yeah. fell in love with TikTok. I but I don't use it for my business. I use it as a fantasy author, which we didn't even cover today. Right, because you said like, have, you love reading fantasy books. Like you seem like yeah. not 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 to like typecast you. You seem like you would make for a good fantasy author. <laughs> oh yeah, I I mean I've been a fantasy fanatic my entire life. Like just so you know, when I was a kid, someone asked me one time, I was kind of older, actually, I was like probably 12 or 13, right. maybe 12. Someone asked me one time what I wanted to be when I grew up. And but for whatever reason, it was the first time anyone had asked me that question that I could recall. And right. so I kind of sat there for a second, I thought about it. And my answer was, I want to be an eccentric old lady. <laughs> <laughs> that was my answer. And by the time I turned 16, I could like, sew. I could make my own clothes. I could throw a, a throwing knife and hit a bullseye, you know, every time right. I, I, you know, I could bareback ride. Like I have 100% my entire life wanted nothing more than to just be Xena, the warrior princess. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. all this like finance and business, it's fun for me. And it's the way I give back to the world. But uh, in in Sarah's true form, she is wearing a crown, holding a sword, 
you know, writing down the bad guys. And since I, you know, there's not really a lot of professions you could do that in mm-hmm. today's world. So I just write about it instead. <laughs> so you're, so you have, are there books out or being written right now? Yeah, I write under a pen name, but yes, okay. I do have multiple fantasy and, books. And you can't, out. you're not, you don't want to tell us the pen name because that'll. I'm not yeah. only because okay. there's a reason for me to keep my professional lives completely separate. Okay. <laughs> I got you. But yeah. Did you, I, cause on the first episodes I ever had in this podcast, man, it was back in 2016. I interviewed uh, Garrett Robinson. Do you know Garrett Robinson, Megan? Yeah, Robinson? I'm good friends with him. We lived uh, yeah, they were Oregon. by each other in Los Angeles and then he moved to Oregon and then I moved to Oregon. <laughs> yeah. They came to my show. I did a show at Linfield in McMinnville and they, yeah, awesome. they were there. And then I talked, I podcast with him like one of the first ones because he has his Underrealm series. I don't know what he's writing now, but apparently like it, you know, it truly totally flipped his life the right way. Yeah. And, uh, and it w- that's kind of the way they go. And Megan helps a lot. At least that's as of seven years ago. I don't know. Since then, I'm sure that things are going great. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a fantasy. They, he created like a whole, it's, it's all about creating the series. Do you, is that yeah. what you're kind of doing? You're definitely like a saga if with you, characters. If you want to monetize and, you know, actually make decent money as a fiction author, it's all about having a series. Um, okay. So yeah, I have multiple series and yeah, I love writing. It's okay. one of my favorite things to do. I, I usually try to get a chunk of words done every morning before okay. I you know, dive into work and things like that. Okay. And let me ask just advice then. I'm, I'm working on a book. It's, it's, it's all the spam conversations I've been having with people on Wheel of Fortune's app. So I get, <laughs> random, I get random chats from people. That like, you know, and they are, their English is always bad and they're, you know, they're asking me personal questions right up front or they're saying very over the top things right up front, but they always want me to get into like Google chat with them because they, (laughs) who knows what they want to end. So I just, I mean, I can list these conversations out sequentially, chronologically, or I don't know if I can categorize them. I do want to show like how I'm getting used to handling them. But like I've had some like epic encounters of back and forth, um, but I've also had some where you know, you know, I want to kind of let it develop, or they're just get they get blocked after a while, or they they get kicked off because I'm. <laughs> this is one guy. I don't know. He's like asking me by the end of. He's like, "Hey, can you get me a, a, a PS card uh, so I can play Steam? Like Steam, I can stream some games." And like, what are you talking about? <laughs> These are asking me now. They're not like asking me like Google Chat. I'm never gonna, but. Do you so like to, to make a, a, a format of that, which is there's a little bit of fantasy to this. How is it? Is there a more interesting way than just listing out these conversations I'm having with these people like day by day or totally. do you, do you th- how, how would, what would you, what would be your, your advice? So every time you sit down to write a book, you have to ask yourself this question, which is what is the purpose of this communication? Because all writing is simply a form of communication, right? It's an exchange of ideas. So at the end of writing your book, or excuse me, at the end of reading your book, what effect do you want to have created on the reader, right? Are you trying to educate them on something? Are you simply trying to entertain them? Is it a mixture of both? I'm I'm trying to pass this off as potential scene study for actors. So if they ever need like a good two person scene, and it's kind of awkward because it's it's based off of like these actual sports. Like years ago, I published a, a sports talk. Call, I transcribed sports talk calls where like these are like just nutty people that called into a show, and the guy was like not having it. So I that that was you know that was more to to anthologize and 
you know, but and create like potential like read throughs that can be funny. This, I think, is just I think is everyone's experienced this, and it's just like some people would usually block or not reply, but me, like, I need con, I want content for this book. So I mean, I even get like these text messages sometimes from random people, where they would, what was the one I had a few days ago where it was like, oh, what is his, I hope his cake is going to be ready for Uncle's birthday, and then I'm like. Well, what do you want the icer to put on the cake? So then I just kind of play along with them and I let them off. Sometimes I let them off the hook, but sometimes I'm like, I want to see if I can crack them and get them to drop, <laughs> drop the veneer. I, I don't know. Like there's no, it's more just like reading a bunch of con weird conversations with spammers. I've seen people on, on YouTube, like, like they kind of like uh, document their journey with this one person for like 10 minutes, which has gone like super viral. Yeah. But I think just the idea of showing my development of how to address these people, but I don't know if there's other ways, you know, I don't know. I, I maybe I insert some commentary pages. I, I have, I have no idea. That's, that's the thing I so, want. I don't wanna, yeah. One thing I will say is like, learn the rules so you can break them. That's a great rule of okay. thumb as an okay. artist, right? So yeah. I'll teach you a framework. And then as an artist, you can decide how strictly you want to stick to that framework, okay. right? Yeah. But when you're writing a nonfiction book, which usually is an educational piece, as opposed to a comedic right. book, which right. is supposed to this, merely this, entertain, this. Right? right? Right. If you merely wanted to entertain, you could just make this a book of li a list book like right you right. buy those they're like coffee it's table books like, a list yeah it's just a quote. yeah like you just have a list of them and they're entertaining if you want to actually educate someone i would follow the eight point structure okay what's so your eight point structure are you ready oh my gosh. I, I have no word I, we can't write notes on the screen it's okay i'll add it okay. i'll add it to the ticker okay let's get okay. number one all right number one identify the problem so what problem are you teaching someone how to overcome Right. Okay. So in the first, and you're going to want to organize your notes and organize the different examples that you have. Right. So that in the first chapter or two or three, okay. you're pointing out what a problem this is. Right. So maybe show some examples of like, you know, uh, st conversations that went really bad, really quickly, right? <laughs> or like really awkward questions. Like, can yeah. you show me a dick pic? Right. Like all no, these no, like I, really, I never get that. What I do is like join Google chat. Don't you want to see pictures of me? You mean like of what? Of your food? No, no, yeah, right. about me. Because I'm never, I'm always going to be like playing dumb. Totally. So okay. again, like in the beginning of the book, you would highlight mm -hmm. the problem, right? Okay. And give examples okay. of the okay. problem and why it's a problem. Okay. Number two, you're going to present the solution. Okay? okay. So in the book, you would simply, this could be a one-liner or it could be a whole chapter where you're going to outline what you're about to teach, right? I'm going to teach you how to not get scammed, how to respond so you sound like an idiot so they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like right, right. outline the, the skills that you're about to teach them, right? Okay. Without going into depth, you're simply going to outline okay. the solution. Okay, we got that. Number three, you have to assert your credibility. Why would anyone finish this book, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> and for you, again, that might be because I'm really funny. It could right. also be like, because I've been, you know, attempted to be scammed 5,000 times on this right. app and I've never been caught once, right? Like, right. What, what's your credibility? It doesn't have to be anything like a degree. It just has to be like right. a reason why someone would listen to you. Okay. Number four, show them the benefits again, right? Because remember, we're writing a whole book, repetition, okay. 
message is important. So on, on the fourth step, you're just going to show them the benefits. Okay. Again, okay. Even if you've already mentioned them. Good. Sarah's eight point plan. Eight yeah. point plans are writing a book or a nonfiction teaching book. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and eight then, point, okay. I'll put nonfiction yeah, the eight point plan. structure and it's not mine. I mean, I didn't come up with this, right? I, that's okay. It's I'm Sarah, may, I'll put maybe Sarah's. Yeah, maybe Sarah's. There you go. Okay, there we go. We'll do Eight that. point structure. Okay. <laughs> Number five is okay. give them proof. So this is where if you haven't already, you start giving them example after example after example of times when you managed to get the guy to crack or you managed oh, to. I, I never do. Well, what happens is they'll, they'll say, you know, if you don't go to Google chat, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And then what I'll do is I'll recently yes. I have one where it's like, I just, I always make like a question at the end. I'm like, oh, okay. But my Google chat is blocked. How's the weather over there? So, yeah. you know, I'm just kind of just dragging them on. Mm -hmm. Good. Yes. The giving yeah. examples would be step five, right? Give them proof give, that give them proof, your right? method works. Yes. Right. Number six okay. is make a promise. Usually the bigger, the better. Like, okay, okay. So if you apply what I've taught you so far, if you apply what I'm about to teach you next, Here's okay. what your life could be like, right? Even if it's just comic relief. I, that's true. Usually, like, because usually never be have, bored I, again. I usually have closing remarks from my wife where she just says this book was like a dumb idea. I don't know why he's wasting his time doing this. But I guess <laughs> I could have closing remarks that yeah you know, could be a little more uh, you know, hope the more you know, like a PSA. But yeah. I, I wrote again, that up front. But yeah, we'll we'll see. I could always move that. And the promise, like I said, especially for a book like that, could simply be you'll never be bored again if you follow these, right? Like it doesn't yes. have to be anything significant. Yes. Um, number seven is warn them against waiting. Because now we're coming towards the end of our book, right? We want to oh tell them here are the consequences of not applying what I just taught you, right? <laughs> like if you don't want to combat, yes. Because I, I do have people, the thing is like now that I do this, people like send me their conversations. Like what do you think of this one? Or, you know, how do, how, here's my latest. Or they'll show it to Kelly. Hey, hi, here's a conversation I had. So That's yeah. hilarious. Okay, so warn them I'm going to have to start sending you mine because I definitely get these on a regular basis. Oh, uh, hey, I have a contributor section. Oh, I, yeah, that would be like, that's the thing. I get, a lot of times I get, are you male or female? And like, <laughs> I get that. And then sometimes, you know, I don't, I never want to go like, I do want to be one time I'll ask them like maybe like what their pronouns are. I would like to do that one time, but for the most part, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into that, that like stuff and make it too derogatory. So, totally. Yeah. but yeah, but usually I'm like, uh, I, my gender is private or, uh, I'm, I'm, I said one time I'm an effeminate male that watches a lot of American Idol. So yeah, right. things like that. Okay. So then step eight is a call to action. Uh -huh. So now tell them what to do next, okay, right? Okay. And if you're selling something, this is where you highlight your next offer. Okay. If you're not selling anything after your book, it's a standalone, then you just yeah. tell them, hey, here's the good I hope you'll go do in the world or whatever. Here's my my podcast where you can check right. out more hilariousness okay. by me. Okay, right? I have a, pa a page for closing, yes, other plugs. Like I yeah. do here, like, yeah, like, let's support the podcast. Go in there or let's, uh, here on Love TikTok, it. go there. Okay. I got you. I got you. Okay, good. So we'll have this eight point, you guys. So we're sharing an eight point plan for writing a nonfiction teaching book, which is good because I also do want to write a book about like, you know, how to be a six figure tutor. 
Um, so cool. I, that would probably be more aligned. I have started writing it, but it's, it's not as interesting to me as me just compiling spam conversations. <laughs> I would do a really good job telling you how to be a six figure tutor. Cause I literally started from $40 an hour driving everywhere to wow. uh, more mostly online. Um, but you know, the, the, the courses are where it's at. I think that's where probably a lot of, you know, you get passive income probably from like having digital courses. I could create a, a bunch of them. So, yeah. Yeah. That's um, a great conversation we should have next yes. time we meet. <laughs> yes. Next time we meet. Well, yes. I do have a, yes. I was going to say, Evan, if you want it, I have a nonfiction book template outline. That's fantastic. It has some really good like writer prompts and things like that. So I'm okay. happy to send that to you if you want. Uh, I'll, I'll take it for the tutoring one. We'll see. Okay. We'll see about this. Yeah, we'll see about this. This. I don't want to give even the title. I think like the title's so good. Spam is involved in the title. My, my <laughs> subtitle. I will tell you. I think it's like, shoot. What did I want to call? Here's here's the subtitle of my book: Discussions with aspiring criminals who have poor communication skills. <laughs> I like it. I read it. <laughs> that is like, Sounds hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's all about the subtitle. And I and I, yeah. I mean I've done the Kindle stuff before. So okay. Good. This is very helpful. Helpful. Cool. We've learned a lot. We learned a lot about budgeting weddings. Learned a lot about building yourself from the ground up and creating properties, renovating, and eight-point plans and books. And because of technical difficulties, we can run this as a two-episode episode. Love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Cool. Well, this is great. Uh, I don't know, any 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 final wishes? I know we have again. I'll put I'll put Sarah. Nicole Nadler, Money Coach for Entrepreneurs, SandraNicoleAdler.com. Yeah, feel free to reach out. Um, like I said, I am launching a brand new course. We just finished the pilot of it. We've had some great successes of the people who went through it, the Passive Income Pathway. If you have any extra cash each month right. that you want to put to work for you, it's a great way to get just financially educated so you know where you should be putting that money and you don't have to spend thousands of dollars paying a financial advisor like me to tell you right. where to put it. <laughs> oh, good. But they, but they can if they want to. They can if they want to. But again, <laughs> trying to bring this financial literacy to the masses, to the people yeah. who probably never would come to my doorstep with a quarter million dollars saying, hey, Sarah, where can I invest this? Like most Americans make, I think the average right now is still about $40,000 a year. So oh, that person's never going to come to me with a quarter million dollars and say, hey, where do I invest this? Right. But they do deserve to know where to actually put their money with the extra five, 10, 50, 100 bucks they do have. Yeah. So that's what this course is about. Yeah. And as, as a tutor, I know like they don't teach a lot of this in school, but like I just, I'm getting hooked up with learning a skill. Uh, IXL, this is a website for like kids and online school, but they also have that, this financial literacy little unit. That awesome. could, which kind of teaches you a difference of like between taxes and paying various things. And I think that definitely is, is more needed because yeah. like, I know learning, like I've been, I've scoped out before, like I really, uh, upped my tutoring. I was trying to like scope out, you know, affiliate marketing, which I would still go back to and still do once in a while. And I can tie it into the podcast, but I've always been told like, you know, like health, wealth, and relationships, like those are yeah. the three things that people will always go after. So, right. so, you know, it's good to you're, you're handling that. So, totally. um, excellent. So yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll see where this goes. I'll, I will follow your journey Thank and, you. uh, and yeah, keep, keep climbing. 
And awesome. uh, yeah, and I'll and if I'm ever in Kansas City, I'll I'll squat on your property. Yes, please do. <laughs> You're always welcome. Oh, good. <laughs> Good. I'll book some gigs in Missouri or Kansas or whichever Kansas city you're in. Are yeah. there, two? there are two. No, it's one Ooh. city, but it straddles yeah, the states. state line. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. We're I've, on the Kansas I've, side. With I've Dorothy. flown into Kansas city before. I mean, I've done university of Kansas and cool. other things, but I'll, I'll, yeah. Okay. Good. Awesome yeah, so come book some gigs. There's some great comedy uh, clubs and stuff like that I, out here. You know, I have to. I usually do the college thing, so I have to hit up people. I'm blasting in all those directions, and we'll, cool. we'll, I'm, I'm in my quest to get to a million miles. Uh, Delta. I'm at. I think I'm nearing 750. So we'll wow. See. So we'll I'm see. impressed. Yes. <laughs> cool, Evan. Right. Well, thank you so right. much for having me on today. This has been a lot of fun. You got it. We're gonna share the word. And it's it's all Sarah all the time. Awesome. And her Love fantasy it. novels, just guess what her pen name is and go from there. Yeah, that's right. We'll do another episode and I'll pretend yeah. like I'm somebody else. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I want to thank Sarah for coming on the podcast. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of it and you can follow up with her. Um, she can definitely uh, offer you advice, direct you in the right direction, I guess. That's a little redundant. Uh, but uh, got a lot out of her. I'm glad she came on. And uh, definitely, if you're looking for uh, some finance uh, pick-me-ups, uh, she's the person to go to. Um, so thanks for checking out the podcast. New Facebook friends coming your way. And of course, if you want to go to youtube.com slash at Evan Wexel, there is an awkward archives playlist that is populating with old clips of old episodes that I can also put in the show notes. Um, so a lot to check out, a lot of awkward to be had. See you later. Stay awkward. You know I will. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Wexel.